the first line of my sermon is bold, audacious prayers. That's what we're learning about today. Well, guys, you've already done it. Um, I feel like we are living in that. And I want to just share some thoughts with you today and, and more of a devotional. We've been studying um, for the last several weeks the story of Elijah and his life and his ministry. Um, and where we left off last week, Elijah had been taken into, God told him, go to this city called Zarephath. You're going to find a widow there, and um, she's going to provide for you. We talked last week about how difficult that would have been for him to take from a woman who had nothing. And yet, through his obedience and through the obedience of this widow, they saw miraculous provision where God said, the oil and the flour, it's not going to run out. You will always have what you need. And then the very next verse of this chapter, it's in 1 Kings chapter 17. Verse 16 says, the oil and flour will never run out. You're always going to have what you need. I've provided for you. And then this is what verse 17 says. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. And that really causes me to kind of stop and question and ponder a few things. Why would have God provided miraculously for them and provided so that they wouldn't die. I mean, isn't that presumably what we think? He provided food for them so that they would not starve to death, and they made it through. They made it through that terrible time and that situation. But now there's an, a sickness, and we don't know what that sickness is. We don't know what happened, except we do know that this little boy died. It's a tragedy, and it just makes me think, God, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And that's really exactly what the widow said. The widow came to Elijah, and she said, why did you give me false hope? Why did you provide? Why did you say that God was going to take care of us, and now my son is dead? Why did you allow this to happen? And this widow just immediately begins to blame Elijah and to blame his God, the God that she had just said, wow, I know that your God is real. And now because of this hard situation, she's angry. She's upset. And I think it's understandable, right? It's very understandable. And it's just got me thinking about kind of my own life and the lives of people that I've, you know, been in touch with and in contact with. And I just want you to think for a moment, is there a time in your life when you have seen God miraculously provide? You have seen the goodness of God, right? And it's like you've been praying for something and God acts and it's miraculous and you're like, wow, my God is real. Wow, my God is good. And you're on this, what do we call it? Like that mountaintop where everything's awesome. My God is so good. And then something happens, and it's just like a knife to the chest. 
It's that tragedy that strikes. It's that difficult situation that happens. And it just takes us from this mountaintop of knowing that our God can do anything. He's so good. I have seen it in my life to like down in the depths of despair. Woe is me. I am undone. What am I going to do? I thought, God, we had a plan. We were moving forward. Things were good. And now I got this call about a diagnosis. Or now I lost my job. Or now there's this sickness. Or now whatever it is. And we just get taken down to a place of, of great anguish, really. And I've always, when I've gone through those situations, sat there and asked myself, why, Jesus? I mean, wouldn't it be nice, just think about it for a moment, wouldn't it be nice if when you decided to follow Jesus and you had that first ever mountaintop experience, just you and Jesus, if you just were able to stay there? I think we'd have a lot more people signing up and saying, yep, that's what I would like. But the reality is, we live in a broken world, and we live in a sinful world, and we are going to go through hard times and hard situations and unfair situations. We are going to go through the bad and the ugly, and might cause us at times to doubt to say, I don't understand why. But here's the thing, and this is my first encouragement for you today. Our situations can change, the drop of a hat, but our God does not. He does not change. He remains faithful. He remains here on that mountaintop, but he will come down with us to the places in the deep to those hard places, and he will sustain us and give us everything that we need to persevere and to continue to move forward, even if it's like that slow trudge through the mud when life gets hard. But so in this story of Elijah, you've got now this son that has died, the widow who is just grieving and angry and hurting. And Elijah doesn't take any time to defend himself. I don't know about you, but if I was in Elijah's place, I wonder if there would have been something inside of me that would have been like, but, 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 wait, no, it wasn't, it's not God. No, it wasn't me. Like, hang on a second and wanting to kind of defend myself and to defend my God. But what Elijah did is he just scooped up that lifeless child that lifeless boy. And he walked up to an upper room and he took that lifeless boy to God. He basically took the problem, the situation, right to the feet of his father and he laid it all out before God. And he said to God, God, why did you allow this to happen? See, I love this because Elijah did not take time to say, oh, you know, it's not really so bad. Oh, maybe God has a reason for this. Oh, maybe there's a purpose for this. Oh, things are going to look better tomorrow. 
we tend to do that when people go through hard times. We tend to try to take away the pain by making them feel better, right? Elijah didn't do that. Elijah said, God, why did you allow this to happen? Why would you bring us to this place and then allow this little boy to die? Why? And then he prayed, in my opinion, one of the boldest and most audacious prayers that you will see in the entire Bible. He said this, Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. Now, if you have been a follower of Jesus for a while, and you have read scriptures, you may be like, oh yeah, that's right. God can do impossible things. God can raise people from the dead. We've seen that in scripture. Elijah had never seen it. In fact, in the Bible, this is the first time that someone had prayed for the life to be of a dead person, you know, for the dead to come to life. It was the first time that it was prayed and that it happened. Elijah wasn't going off of some like, oh yeah, I saw this other prophet do this. Maybe if I, you know, do this certain thing and pray this certain way, it'll happen. No, 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 no. This was not prescribed. This was not something that he had been taught by someone else. This was a desperate prayer, a bold prayer to say to his God, who he knew could do the impossible, take this absolutely impossible situation, this lifeless boy, and breathe your life into him again. May the dead come to life. And the Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Elijah prays this bold, audacious prayer, and immediately the life returns to this little boy. And Elijah gets to do the greatest thing I think that he's ever done. He takes that child by the hand, and he walks back down those stairs to that grieving mom. And he says, here's your boy. What was dead is now alive, because my God is a God of the impossible. And I believe that in that moment, their perspectives changed. This perspective of, I see the death, but now I see the life. I see what was impossible, but now I see the possible. All because Elijah was not afraid to take what he could see before the Lord and say, I see it, but I know that you can do something with it. I know that you can do something different. I know that you can change my situation. I know that you can change my perspective. I know that you can do a miracle. And he got to see one of the greatest miracles, I believe, probably of all time in the Bible. All because he trusted in his God and he prayed. He prayed a bold prayer. So today, what I want us to do is just focus, you know, for a minute on your own life, on your own situation. And I I want you to ask yourself a question. And this question is, it's not to judge you. It's not to condemn. I'm asking myself the same question. 
But when the rug kind of gets pulled out from underneath of you, when you go from that mountaintop and then you have that crash where things just kind of blow up and things go crazy and you're down in the muck and in the mire, is your first response, is your like knee-jerk reaction to take that situation to Jesus in prayer? Is that the first thing that you do? Or perhaps, are you a person who likes to try to fix it yourself first, right? Some of us are fixers. We like to, you know, we get that situation where like, well, here's what I can do to make it better. And we will try and we will work and we will stress and we will worry while we're trying to fix this place that we are in. Or maybe you are just a lamenter, a person of, I can't do anything because this is so hard. This is so discouraging. This is so depressing. I can't move. And we basically get stuck in that really hard place. See, I believe what God wants for us, and I believe what we learn from Elijah in this particular story is that his natural reflex was to take the problem to God. That was like how he responded. I see death I'm going straight to God. There was nothing that he could do. There was nothing that he tried to do on his own, in his own strength. He knew that this problem in this situation is beyond me. And I think that that is perhaps a perspective that we all need to have. That when the rug gets pulled out, when we go from the mountaintop to the depths, I think God wants us to have that perspective of he is the only one that we need. And he is the only one who can take that problem and breathe life into it again. I believe that Jesus wants us to have that natural reflex of going to him in prayer. Now, I have another question for you. Today, in your own life, is there a situation, is there, you know, an unthinkable, kind of one of those impossible situations or prayers that you just have kind of roaming around, rolling around in your head? An impossible situation where you're like, I can't see an answer. I can't see a way out. I can't see a way forward and you know that it's impossible, I want you to just think about that for a minute. And when you think of Elijah, you might be sitting there thinking, well, hang on a second, Lizzie. I am no Elijah. I don't have faith like that. I'm not that strong. I'm not that bold. I couldn't have ever done what Elijah did. There's a verse I want to tell you. It's from James. It's chapter, what is it, 517. It says, Elijah was a human just like us. He prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Church, Elijah was a human just like you. In fact, 
we're going to say this together, only we're going to personalize it. Because sometimes I think we need to hear it. We hear a story like this of Elijah prayed for a dead boy to come back to life, and he did. And we can think, oh my goodness, I could never pray a prayer like that. I don't have faith like that. And I think we need to remember this promise. Elijah was a human just like me. That means he had doubts. That means he had worries and concerns. That means he went through all of the same human emotions that we went through, that we go through each and every day. So Elijah was a human just like me. Let's say that together. Elijah was a human just like me. Just like me. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. Elijah prayed that life would return to a dead body, and life returned. So that impossible prayer, that impossible situation that you were thinking about just a moment ago, God can make possible from impossible. And here's the thing, guys. It's not contingent upon you. Jesus says in the word, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, do you know how tiny a mustard seed is? It's tiny. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will be tossed into the sea. Jesus says, this is not contingent upon you. Rather, it is contingent upon him. Jesus has all power and all authority. And all that we have is simple and sometimes broken or fractured faith. And what Jesus is asking for us to do, I believe, is to take those impossible prayers, those impossible situations, and to pick them up, just like Elijah picked up that lifeless boy, and to bring them to Jesus and to put them down at his feet and to say, Jesus, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen. I've never seen it before, but here is my faith, not in myself, not in my own power, not in what I can see but my faith in you. Do what only you can do. And I believe that when we do that, that is when we get to see the miraculous. It is when we stop relying on what we can see and on what we know, and we just take our faith and we give it to God. So that impossible thing, that prayer, that impossible or difficult situation, we're going to pray for it right now. This and our life, and I believe our church, it's not just about sitting and hearing the word from the Lord. I believe it's about action and about taking steps and doing life together. And the reality is, I know that we have brought in situations, different ones of us, that today feel very impossible. We have already prayed for some of those. And we're going to continue to do it. But we're going to do it together and in faith because that's what we're doing, church. We are moving forward in faith together. If you don't have 
that faith and you're like, Jesus, even now, I, I, just, I just don't know. Gather with people who can strengthen you. Gather with people who can infuse some of that faith into you and into your life and into your situation. Do you need to see a miracle today? Because God is a God of miracles. He is a God of miracles. He can restore what has been broken. He can breathe life into the dead things. He can provide. We have already seen this. We have seen his miraculous provision. And I believe that God wants to do that for each one of us today. Today we are going to stand on God's word. On God's word that says nothing is impossible for him. See, this isn't about us or our big or our perfect faith. This is about God. This is about our big and perfect God who wants to act. He wants to do the miraculous because he is a God who can do anything. So right now I'm going to ask Pastor Tyler to come and he's just going to play on the guitar and in a few minutes just lead us in a time of worship. Um, but again, we're, I'm not trying to do the same thing every week, you know, but we did this last week and, and today I just really feel like we need to be a church that puts feet to our faith. So if you need a miracle today, I'm going to ask each one of us to just take some time in prayer. But we're talking and we're singing a song called Come to the Altar. The Father's arms are open wide. He wants to meet you. And he wants to do a miracle. And whether that means you come up here to the front and, and we can pray for you, I can pray for you, others in the congregation can pray for you, or if that's not comfortable for you, turn, turn around. Find someone that can sit with you in the depths, can enter in, and to pray for the miraculous. Because our God is a God of miracles. So let's just position ourselves in prayer. Prayer for ourselves, prayer for others. Jesus, I thank you that nothing is impossible for you. God, and we see that through this story with Elijah. We see how you took an impossible situation and you breathed life into it. And so right now, today, just like Elijah did, Jesus, we bring you the impossible. And God, we are asking you to breathe life into it. Jesus, we put our faith in you, our perfect God. We believe for miracles. Church, let's just continue to pray and then reach out to each other. Again, the altar is open if you want to come forward. Otherwise, pray with those around you.